Hi, everybody. It is Craig Shoemaker. It's Enlightened Up. That's the name of the show. And that's our uh, our motto, Enlighten Up. Uh, have some light in your life, some uh, some happiness, some joy. Let's go there. Let's go there together. That's what we do on our show. We go. We can go deep sometimes. I'd love to go deep today, especially with this guest. Uh, last second guest, uh, which I'm so happy. I'd like to do like that. Don't you like to do things in life like that, spontaneous? And this will probably be the best guest of the year. I'm sorry if the other guests... If they're listening right now, Craig. I'm sorry. I'm just predicting it. Right. I just want to put that on her. <laughs> she's going to be the best guest. I think it's her only podcast she's ever done, and yet she's going to be the best guest ever. But it's so unique, this guest, and and even how it all transpired. I I was doing a show. I wasn't even on the show, really, a few weeks ago with uh, Sherry Shepard and uh, Caroline Ray, the show that I book, and Kim Whitley, and I've known this young lady's parents for a very long time. And she comes up, it's just this bright light. I love bright lights. She's got this bright light, and she comes up, which, again, that's what this show is about. So she, it turns out I was already following her on Instagram, which is kind of creepy, um, because you're I'm very flattered. young. You're very. I don't know why I was already following you. Mayan Lopez is our guest here. And Hello, you're so, when you came up to me after the show with this cheery vibe, you have a wonderful light about you. I'm thinking it's got to be Mario Lopez. There's no way it could be George Lopez. <laughs> you know, people would say like, oh, you look just like your dad. And for a while, if people don't know about me, um, I'm Mine Lopez. I'm George Lopez's daughter, yeah. um, the comedian. And, you know, I used to take it as an insult when people would say I would look like just like my dad. I'd be like, what, you don't think I look like Jennifer Lopez? You don't think I look like Mario? You just automatically assume I'm related to George Lopez? What does that say about me? You know, but... Um, now you're going with now it. Now I'm going with it. That's right. I mean, I, I can't wait to have to add, get into this because I, I uh, want to know the perspective. I've had, you know, I have four children and I'm yes. a stand-up comic as long as your dad's been. We're both, both around the same age. Absolutely. And been at it a long time. We both come from difficult beginnings, mm -hmm. and we both had children. And what we do with those children, we've had no training. Right. Now, you know that's a big part of him raising you is, it is. no training, no map. No I wrote, map. I wrote and no one real person. father figure exactly. for him as well. Exactly. Mine left when I was born. I was yeah. Like, something no. I said, wham, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what we're left with. So we're we're kind of it's trial by error. I mean, it's like you, you better hope you got a good wife, which you have a great mom. I do. It's really tough because we're going. What do you do now? The way I did it was I gave them things that I longed for as a child, which are really easy to access. Like I I know that I would have wanted a hug. I know that I would have wanted attention. Is that how pretty much your father was? You know, uh, raising you when with my father growing up, my my father loved me. He was always very when we were together. He was always very attentive. I think with him per se, he, and I can say this because everything I've said to him, I've said to him out loud and many times, but you know, he wasn't always the most nurturing of, of father figures. Mm -hmm. Um, he was always very supportive. Mm -hmm. Like he had his love, but through the day to day things like there, I'll say, for example, um, we're having a show called Lopez versus Lopez, which yeah. is going to be on NBC. That's amazing. Next year, yeah. thank you so much. And we were having a conversation um, with the executives at Universal, and they were trying to, you know, say some stories. And one story, which I actually had never heard, I was very surprised. This to hear came it from on the him. Phone. Yes, that there was one time we were in one of our old houses, and I was about five years old, and. He, my mother was asleep upstairs and, you know, I was in my like Disney pajama nightgown mm -hmm. and I was in my, our playroom and my dad was going in the morning to go play golf and he looked at his golf clubs and he looked at me and he was like, should I play with her? Like, oh, do I? Yeah. Uh, or do I play golf? And he was uh, like, ah, she'll be fine. And he went and he left. Yeah. And he went to go play golf. He made the golf choice. And he made the golf choice. Yeah. And, um, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, he goes at Lakeside, which I live in the neighborhood of Toluca Not Lake. Not too far away. You know, yeah. it's like two minutes. I was like, you know, you could drive two minutes to see me, you yeah. know, after you play a game. And he's like, well, it's two minutes out of my way. Oh, you know, wow. But that thing, you know, it's <laughs> like those kind of being yeah. raised like a stand-up by well, a stand-up. Maybe if he hit an errant shot yes. near you, then he would see you as he was finding his ball. You know, like my dad was- it was people, close to there. Yes, to exactly. Lake, yeah. You know, I could have like helped him look, <laughs> you know. I tried to get my kids- to golf with me so I could have a two for one. 
See, I went golfing. Did he try that with he you? He did. You know, we, I had my own set of clubs. Yeah. And I was very excited with finding out the big, <laughs> this shows you I'm a golf. I was like, the big one. Um, like the driver. Oh, the know, driver, the, the little, big one. Like that's the, you yeah. Know, the, all the fun covers. You know, that's I was, what I say to my caddy appealing. all the time. I give, give me the big one. Give me the big one. <laughs> so, you know? um, but one time, yeah, we would. Kids would love take, the driver. Yes. They don't want to be putting. Yes. No, I would. You know, take me mini golfing if we're just gonna putt. So he was. So he would take you now. So you and would then? take me one time, and then one time we were up in Pebble Beach because we spent a lot of, you mm-hmm. know, our summers playing Pebble Beach. My dad's done a lot of the the AT and T. You know, um, it's one of the best golf courses in the world. Oh, absolutely. And um, so we went once to Peter Hayes, which is a, maybe like a seven, eight-hole mini course. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I was getting very frustrated with my dad, you know, trying to show me the right position. Mm-hmm. And I got so frustrated. I was so angry. I was like, yo, you want me to see? Huh? You want to see what I can do? Okay. I hit it, and I got a hole in one. You did not. I did. <laughs> After you had done this After I did proclamation, this like, proclamation, I'll show you. Like, I'll show That's you. That's the ultimate I'll show you. It was. We, some of us don't get one. I have one in my entire golfing right. career. My dad. I look at my dad. I didn't understand what happened. My dad just turned white, <laughs> just white as a ghost, and I retired. I mean, I, hey, I, I, that's can't, going, that's I going out e- on top. I got an eagle. That, I, how am I supposed to? That's going out on top. That. Yeah. Wow. You. St- <laughs> I retired oh. at now. Age was it 10. was it a real home one or did it bounce off? Oh no! It, it bounced off. It went a, on the green and it rolled. Really? In, right in. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, I've only had one. I bet. I bet he's only had one or a couple. Mm-hmm. Has he told you how many he's had? I think he's one? had two. Has he had two? That's amazing. How many but times he's we golf? Golf for what? 40 years. Oh, yeah, you know? and a lot, too. A lot. So so you kind of like, you don't have siblings. I don't. But your sibling was these clubs that he has in his bag. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Are, you get a little jealous. You know, I do. That's, some, he's I seeing do, that seven honestly, iron again. I, I do sometimes. Yeah. You know, I've had, and it's very interesting to talk to you and like with your children, is I've actually had quite an aversion to stand-up comedy. Oh, I thought you were going to say up. to golf. My kids have Both. an aversion to golf. I can't stand it. Both. Because I really do want to bond with them. Mm-hmm. No, you think that your dad probably wanted you to take up golf so oh, you could actually golf together. Yes, golf but together. You, 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 did you do the, you know, we I'm did, not doing that because. We did Laker games. What's that? We, did, we more did Laker games. Oh, you did. We did Dodger games. We used to, our, a great tradition that we had um, with COVID, we haven't been able to do it. But for, on New Year's Eve, we would go to the New Year's Eve or, New Year, or Christmas Day games. And, okay. you know, my dad's played the Staples Center many times so we can get courtside. And that's sure. kind of like was our grand tradition. I've seen him. I've seen him courtside. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one row back. Yes. He's bigger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's such a status thing when you go to the Laker games. Isn't it funny it is. how that works? And you just watch the people up above you that they're looking at you. Oh, I've almost, I remember Either one game. Jealousy, was, disdain. They've got something going on when they're oh, watching yeah. you take those courtside seats. Oh yeah, no. There, you definitely get some looks, and you just have to yeah. walk with confidence. Just I can't believe smile it, and wave. You know that we've never run across one another there because actually, I have pictures. There's pictures of your dad with the old Hughley and my son where I wasn't there. Oh yes, and they were they were very nice to him. They were very. <laughs> More my favorite picture is one time he was sitting courtside with Arsenio Hall, mm-hmm. who's a great friend of his, and he actually spilled his drink. Onto the court. Oh. And I think it was one of, you know, Kobe's last mm-hmm. games. You know, my dad went mm-hmm. to almost every mm-hmm. one of them. And they had to stop the game <laughs> and make a whole deal to, like, get it <laughs> off of the court. And I was just, oh. oh. Howling. Howling. Yeah, because. But I, just also just feeling feeling for him. Did you? Yeah. My kids would have howled. They, 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 anything embarrassing for me. Now, did you ever have the embarrassment thing, like, um, you know, being the daughter of a comedian? Like, my kids would, you know, because I put them on Instagram and I, there's jokes in my act about mm-hmm. them. And You know, so, I wasn't really allowed to listen to my dad's stand-up no way. until I was about 21 is the first time yeah. that I saw him live. What? Yeah. No, wow. You know, my, no wonder my ex-wife is so angry with me. I took the I, kids I, since they I were like six the first, years old. The first time I, I understood because immediately in his, in his act, he started using his microphone as his penis. As his dick. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, I get I get it now. <laughs> like That could have been a little confusing for me yeah. as like a, a young child. I, um, have a, I have one child who's um, he's younger and he's very like brainy mm-hmm. and kind of zen-like. Yeah, they're all different. They're all completely different. And I, he actually saw me once, 
And I've offered many times since he goes, that's okay. He just does, he doesn't want to see me talking about his birth. I talk about the birth and the, what it looked like. And I was a home birth and all that. He's like, nah, nah. No. he takes a pass. He's mature. But the other two loved it. They love being around it and the autographs afterwards and things like that. But they also did not want to be singled out as part of the bit. Right. Like I did bits about, well, the one wasn't happy I did a bit about. He was born with a very small penis. He's not happy about that. I mean, you know, we come out factory made. You know what I mean? That's true. There's nothing you can do about it. No, not about it. So does he do, well, you wouldn't know until you were 21. Did he do bits about you? Um. That I'm aware of, I think just about life, more my mom. Yeah. And I think that's a way that he could get, if he had any problems in his marriage, you know, that was an outlet. Yeah, it sure is. You know, sometimes my mom wouldn't be the happiest being part of the joke, but you know, that, that comes with the territory of It does. I'm like, Hey, you married it. This is how I make my money. You're open territory. You're a target, you know, like, I mean, back my dad and I just growing up, you know, as a a standup comedian, I like being the daughter of a standup comedian or, you know, anyone in, in the industry in general, um, you be, develop a, a quick, like, um, sorry, you develop a thick skin. A thick skin, yeah. Um, but yeah. I've also had to be very quick because, you know, my dad would just be like, boom, boom, boom. Right. Say something, and then I would almost impress him yeah. with being as quick as he was. Did you learn timing from him? I mean, that's... I think I, I mean, naturally have always had timing. Athletes and, have timing, right? Mm-hmm. And then their kids, a lot of times the kids even play professional sports. Yes, there's a lot of families you see them constantly in sports. So, does that really happen with stand-ups as well? I think well? so. My favorite story, which I think really encapsulates me as a kid, is you know I would have, I would I have to I've had to develop a filter. Um, when I was younger, I would say the first thing that came out of my mouth, and then people would laugh. It was just something that happened naturally. And one time I was on the playground, and there was this kid who would always develop drama. And I just shut him down and people were laughing. All the kids were laughing, but I got in trouble with the headmaster at our school. I, a headmaster. I went to a private oh, God. school. So we had a headmaster. You so, definitely grew up me, the different than me and your dad. Differently. We had no headmasters. Absolutely. And so I remember my mom picked me up from school and she was like, Mayan, like, how was your day today? I was like, good. You know, <laughs> everything's fine. And she's like, oh, really? Because I got a call from Mr. Jacobson. Um, mm. and saying that you said some particular things on the playground. And I was like, they were mean, Mayan. And I was like, mean, but funny. <laughs> and and did your dad do the atta girl? Yeah, you know, I <laughs> When thought, you get home. You know, my dad she's, does the- she's, Your my, mom's doing the mom thing. Yes, my mom he's would going, be like, George. What are you saying? That's you great. Know? That's good stuff. Can, oh, I, dad, can I use that in my act? Oh, yeah. No, my dad would <laughs> fully pit me out for jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing that you know with the, our decision on that is it's it's a tough one because you want to talk about your real life, you can't disguise it. No. Uh, you, otherwise, you're doing someone else's jokes, someone else's material. It's not real. It's not organic to you. You have to talk about your life. But I had an ex-wife who would I'd go to court, and really? they would, oh yeah, like For, I, I took I took a photo of my son. He was like. You know, he was doing a weird dance or something, but he was in his underwear. So, oh, okay. Oh, so you gave me the look. Of the, you gave me the no, same look the judge gave me. No, I was like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's child porn. So like I know, son, and it but... wasn't, and it was really, it was obviously, it was funny, and it was, it was a dance he was doing or whatever. But of course, she would always make big deals out of everything. Right. She used anything against me. So there was a lot of times, and I would be really admonished by the judges because they didn't understand that this is part of what we do. Yes. It's, and it's when a you big w- problem nowadays with cancel culture oh. and everything. You know, I've, it's, I've asked my dad, like, do you write like thinking or trying to prevent being canceled? And he said, yes. He does? He does. He really got in big trouble with uh, Trump too. Oh, I mean, that, big time! I mean, it was, he had like that's that was like I mean that was like spy shit going on okay. there. They this were like, is another example of what will be a a child of a comedian story. So, yeah. my dad, one, he got visited by the Secret Service by yeah. Trump's Secret Service right. because they said that some of his jokes. This is a joke. I think it's hilarious. Um, his Netflix special um, was called "We'll Do It for Half," and you know the joke of the premise of the joke was that. You know, why hasn't anyone assassinated Trump, you know, or tried to? And whatever price it is that Latinos are people of, you know, 
who are diverse, we'll do it for half. Yeah. We'll do it for half price. Right. Great. Solid joke. Uh-huh. Chef's kiss. Love it. <laughs> and But they took that as a actual credible threat, threat against yeah. the president's life. And so they went over to his house and they were like, Mr. Lopez, do you think this is funny? And my dad's like, not anymore. <laughs> like, not anymore. <laughs> but there was... Um, Did he have to do, do the issue the apology thing? I think just like through Twitter. That yeah. was the best way to get in touch sure. with Trump anyway. You know, <laughs> um, not anymore. But um, though there was actually a man that lived in Florida that was sending pipe bombs in the mail to people who were against... Trump. I remember that. Who were outwardly, so it was like, you know, CNN correspondents, comedians, and my dad was on the list. And so FBI came to his house, was telling him, do not leave your house. We're going to check all your mail. You know, it was, it was a very serious thing. And when my dad told me my question, my question was, uh, how high were you on the list? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my dad was like, you're my daughter. I asked the same question. <laughs> it's like, how high were you? Were you like an immediate threat or could you have waited a couple of weeks? Like, you know, how, how high were you? He, he, how he ranks. Yeah, how he ranked. Yeah, you're no Dave Chappelle. No, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's good. I remember Kathy Griffin also. Had yes. A, she also had because she did some, some things. The bloody were, head. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously... People don't have a sense of humor when it comes to people they deify. Right. And I feel this way about left, right, in between. It's mm-hmm. like you just don't deify anyone. No. It's ridiculous. You should be able to make fun of everyone, including ourselves. Everyone is ourselves. a target, and no one is, you know, impenetrable to a joke. Yeah. How much do you make fun of yourself? Oh, all the time. That's your thing, isn't I've it? Like, self-deprecating. I've, I used to be self-deprecating. I think I've tried to have, you know, with... I think people use self-deprecation, as we're doing enlightenment, if we're on this podcast, yes. I feel like people use self-deprecation as a way of self-harm sometimes if you're trying to hurt yourself. And I think after a while, if you, I think people use self-deprecation as a way to try to, you know, be in on the joke when, I mean, when, you're, ta- when you're approaching me, situations. Let me like, take that in. I'm not going to just leave that. You know, I've gotten I'll, better I'll, at, I can be in on the joke, but I don't make jokes about myself hmm. per se. I can make jokes about my behavior, but when it comes to my looks or oh. who I am as a person, I try to stay away from that because I think we should all try to nourish our, our self image. This is an interesting concept. Let's go deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm trying to think of myself if, if it's really, I enjoy making fun of myself. Yes. I really do. And you now can I'm make thinking, light. I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about like physically, like make fun of my walk. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I make fun. Yeah, I make fun of like, but, you also, but it's, it is about the behavior that when you think about it, the behavior is why mm-hmm. I have the, the dad bod that I make fun of. But I also feel like self when you make self-deprecation humor, you get in on the joke before anyone else can. Oh, you, you but that's you the whole secret. Out, yeah, you put it out you there. You hurt yourself so that, before they hurt you. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, really, my friends have always said that about me. They go, you leave us nothing. <laughs> so right. I pick myself apart. There's nothing even on the carcass anymore yeah. and for so them when, to get. And so when you approach new social situations, you already have made light of every any of those things. It's almost like an armor. Yeah. You did make a good point, though. It's more about making fun of behaviors mm-hmm. than it is. That's something you can't, re- you can't help your height. No. Yeah, that's one. And and then body-wise, yeah, you can a little bit. You know, like I can definitely do something about the right. the belly. You know, the we, dad belly, I which am, I'm not crazy about, but well. if I really felt that strongly about it, I would do something about it. But I but the behaviors is something it's almost like people do deserve that. Mm-hmm. And and they should be able to take it because it's their behaviors and they, you know, and they might be offensive behaviors. Or something that we can make fun of. I think we just ask, when you're making self-deprecation humor, what is your intention? Is it intending yeah. to hurt? Is it intending to make fun and make laughter? Like, that's... Well, it's sometimes like it's even the it. playing field. That is for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a lot of people think that if you're a celebrity, if you're a comedian, you're on a stage, you're above. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, no, I'm one of you. Right. And here, this brings me to you. Definitely a tactic. Yeah. It, it's, it, I've been using it my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really beaten up when I was a kid, bullied. Mm-hmm. I was very tiny, you know, no dad, moved a lot and all those things. I, you know, serial pedophile kidnapped me, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like dark stuff. Yes. There was no that. way that I was going to fight my way out of this. And I tried that, you know, with physically fighting. 
But a female, you really usually don't have that option. Did you ever get in fights when you were a kid? I never really necessarily got into fights. I, I more was the person that stood up for the little guy. I was, yeah, I was physically the tallest. I stopped really? growing in fifth grade, so I've been five five for <laughs> a very long time. You know, in in yearbook photos, it's like ding ding ding, bing. Like, so they thought me. they thought you were gonna be like seven feet. Like, oh, I thought I was. They were saying I was gonna be five eight. You know, wow. they said and I it could, just stopped. And it just stopped in in fifth grade, and then all the guy, all the the guys in the grade, they it took them like a pride thing that they finally were able yeah. to outgrow me because I was taller. I like you. I was, were, you, I was the oldest and the tallest. You were the goal. Yeah. When's your birthday? April second, nineteen ninety six. So so April second, you were the oldest. Mm-hmm. I was one of the oldest. That's weird. That's a weird dividing line. Yeah. Like I was the youngest. It was November. I don't know how that. I don't know how. And it also, worked. just like in society, I really noticed it really hurt me for a while. Is that you know boys wouldn't really like me mm-hmm. because not only was I the tallest, but I was like the oldest girl. Mm. And so they were oh, like, yeah. "Oh, you should always be with the oldest boy." And and, which meant college. Yeah, right. You know, I was like. You're fifth grade. You're looking at the oh, college okay. guys. okay. Like, yeah, I'll go. I'll try to, like, talk with Caden. We're, you know, two months apart. You're born in December. You should be in the grade below. I'm going to give you the inside poop on this. Okay. It's because we are immature. Mm. And we have to go with girls that don't know any better. Right. Every girl I would ask out was always a sophomore when I was a senior. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, they don't know. They, they haven't talked about what an idiot I am yet. Now, the seniors, they all knew. Go, don't go anywhere near him. I never asked one single girl my age. I would never ask out. Yeah. Always younger. Always, in high school, there's always a dividing line between the upper and the lower classmen. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, it's, there's no set rules, but there are just always rules that are just, I feel like, universal all through. You grew school. up out here, so it wasn't too big of a, a freak out for people that your dad's a celebrity. No. You probably had other celebrities in your class, oh, right? absolutely. Celebrity in, kids. In my, in my grade, in my high school graduating class, I went to school with... Steven Spielberg's daughter, no. Antonio Banderas and Melanie Griffith's daughter, oh you know, Randy Jackson's son, oh, Harry, so Blair Underwood's son. <laughs> I almost said Paris, which is a son. Um, but, you know, so I was like TV money compared to, wow. you know, these titans. And they were all like great kids. Like, you know, we could all relate to each other in one way or another. But, you know, I also went to high school with actors like Al Fanning and Ariel no. Winter from. So, you know, I have a very unique life, which I found very hard to transition when I went to college, you know. Um, it must have been strange for your dad, though, growing up. Like, I really kept my kids out of private school. And see, even that is... So it's much more like I was brought up. It was, it's much more familiar to me. Like, I I even have a disagreement with my, my wife about where to send our daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, want, I want that normalcy that I had. But then again, do I really... You know, do you want that or you want to, you know, go a cut above because you can afford it now? It depends on, I think, in my experience, it's how much you give. I think, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I Really? Was, I was brought home. Um, my mother um, bought a condo on Barham. And with the money that she got when her father passed away, she bought a condo. And so your dad wasn't hadn't made it yet? No, my dad hadn't made it yet. He was, well, I'm doing he was the math right before. Here. I mean, my parents couldn't pay their bills on time. My dad, my mom would go out to the bank. My dad would stay in the car because he was so ashamed. He couldn't go in and pay his bills late. Mm. And so my mom would go in. And so that was the situation. So 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Your dad was an up-and-coming comic. You know, Laugh Factory. And then a couple yeah. years after I was born, he got on. He had a radio show. Yes. And, you know, through then the that led to the show, sitcom. It led to the, led to the sitcom. And so my life, I've kind of grown up with my father's success. I guess if. That was pretty fast. I mean, you were pretty young when, I was pretty, he, I was about when five he had years the sitcom. Old, yeah. yeah. So, you, so you pretty much have. So you, you remember a few years of the. Yes. You know, less, a little less than mm-hmm. ever living in a. And, like, you know, like my, my family, we, we, you know, my parents would give me. Nice things, like as we've gotten older, but you know, it meant a lot. It wasn't always they give me one really nice gift or a couple of nice gifts, and it was something that you appreciate. They really drilled that into me, and even people who meet me, and they're like, "Oh, you're so down to earth. You're, they're, you're not what I expected you to be." That's true. You are. Yeah. And I was like, "No, I'm very. I've always been completely appreciative of what I've had, and you know, worked with charities and my my father's foundation, the George Lopez Foundation, and you know, I've." Always well, all, seen what uh, quite, lesser than. Right. Quite frankly, though, it also has to do with, you know. Let's, My parenting. You, you, yeah, parenting. Both parents, mm-hmm. right? I mean, 
People forget that when you have a celebrity child, it's like, oh, it's all about the celebrity. No, it's about your mom too. Oh yeah, no, it, my mom. One she grew time, up with modest means, right? She. I mean, she, both her parents were doctors. Both my my grandparents, um, they uh, grew up in Cuba, and they left. Um, they immigrated to the U.S. when Castro came into power. They were both medical students, and my aunt came home. And she was singing communist songs when she was about three, four years old. Wow. And so my grandparents were like, we got to get out of here. And so they wrote 200 handwritten letters to asking for an internship in any hospital that would accept them both in the U.S. And the first one was um, a little hospital in Cook County, Connecticut. Mm. And so they went to the Swiss embassy in, in Havana. They got their green cards and they flew um, and started a new life. And it, and then in, my, my in, grandmother in was Connecticut. in Connecticut at first. And then they went, they moved around and they settled in Florida. My grandmother was an anesthesiologist and my grandfather worked in aviational medicine and was actually a doctor for NASA during mm. Apollo 11. So mm. he was um, Neil Armstrong's doctor. Oh, wow. Like during the Apollo 11 mission. Oh, so she actually came from, you know, pretty yeah, established. Ma, yeah, pretty established, but self-made. Right. You know, yeah, I I grew so up. They gave her those values. Like the immigrant mentality of you work. Right. You know. Right. Well, that's I, I I'm from the East Coast, and that's the way we are. Absolutely. Did you ever have a job? You never had a job, right? I never really had a job until I went to. You didn't cut any college. lawns or anything like no, that. No, because you know my. That, I, that's, that's what we did back my, east. We cut somebody's lawn or dig ditches or whatever the hell it took. You to know, make, make make but you never had to do that. No, I mean, I would do like lemonade stands or, you, you know, did? yeah, I did lemonade stands or, cause I, I've always been very, um, entrepreneurial. Wow. I oh, I like that. And, um, where'd you get that sense from? Your, both your my dad's, parents, yeah, both get, my parents, you know, yeah. my dad, I've never seen anyone work harder right. than him. And, you know, just seeing that and seeing the amount of work that it takes mm -hmm. to get to his place and that he's still is working. Oh, he's driven. Yeah, he's driven. And I, I, I helped him very... with the meat, you know, the meat business. <laughs> yes, that that whole thing. Um, we were on a golf course, and that's the way he was thinking. Where he was thinking, yeah, start my own meats. I'm thinking, yeah, man. I was like, be the new Jimmy Dean. I don't know if you ever heard of Jimmy Dean. Oh, of course. The sausages. I'm like, yeah, oh, I have yes. George Lopez. So then I introduced him to the these meat guys, and I talked to the meat guys, and they they have the biggest meat company in the world, actually. And then they sent me the recipes, and they worked with it, and we all worked. I, I couldn't believe it. They, they, he came out, and he's got his own meats now. Delicious, by the way. Oh, they're wonderful. And beer. Chingon. Yeah, chingon. 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 What does that mean, by the way? Chingon means, like, badass. Ah, uh, like chingon, yeah, chingon. Or, like, someone can be chingon. It's, you, like, badass. You know what I realized when I invited you? Um, you know, I grew up with no – I knew no – I don't speak any Spanish because – we didn't grow up in that that uh, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. There was nobody. So when you chose a language, I, I chose French. I don't French. speak Spanish. You don't? I don't. Um, so Isn't half your dad's acting a, Spanish? Which I've actually gotten a lot of crap for. Yeah, you should get um, crap for that. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to add to the crap. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, no, they called me a no sabes. No sabes. Kid, which means, like, I don't speak. Um, That's cr wow. Which, you know, I, I'll take it. You How know, could you not know something, though? You, gotta, you have to know. I mean, I... I understand it. I understand about, you know, 65%. You do. So, but I can, I can answer in English. You know, I had a speech delay. Not trying to make excuses, but this mm -hmm. was the facts. I had a speech delay when I was about three years old. I didn't speak and I had trouble learning my R's, my TH's, even just forming words and sentences. Mm -hmm. I had to go to um, specialist, like a speech therapist yeah. for many years. And so I was having trouble even learning English and, you know, the, it was very hard for my parents because that's how they, they wanted to teach me. And everyone in my family speaks it except I, except me. Wow. And, um, you know, I, but they had to choose. And I took it in elementary school. I took it through high school. I even went on a trip to Costa Rica with my school. You took, oh, you did I, take I was, Spanish. I did. That was your choice. I of did. It. Okay. And like I, but I, I was dreaming in Spanish. I can think in <gasps> Spanish. Really? But it's just hard for me to still, to this day, articulate yeah, but inform. That, you're still way. I mean, I'm I, still young enough. I'm, I literally, I, I moved here. I thought it was Sepulveda Boulevard. Right. I thought it was Tujunga, mm -hmm. Cerritos for Cerritos. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea because I studied French. Right. In high school. And it does me a lot of good, a lot of pockets of French neighborhoods out here. I'm like, Oui, yes. le Jean. Hey, man, Cinco de Madre. Yeah. What does that mean, by the way, Cinco de Madre? That's, uh, not, that's not good, is it? No, it's, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> the jingle. It's like shit on your mom or something. Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, George is probably the first Mexican I ever knew. Mm. Isn't that weird? Really? I, I don't. Th- I, I definitely grew I mean, up like zero. East Coast. East Coast. Yeah. yeah. We're not really. People talk about prejudice. There. Well, there is a prejudice because if you don't know something, there's a prejudice because you don't know. Oh yeah, definitely in like your own community. I mean, I'm well. sure that if you're from another country, you have a prejudice towards, you know, white people. Oh yeah, and even in, if, in America, you know, right? even in the black community, it's it whether you're the color of your skin, if you're lighter black or oh, if that's you're darker true. Yeah. black, you know, or even in the Me- in the Mexican community, it's like how far away from Mexico you are. So are you too Americanized? You or yeah. are you too? I Mexican? can't stand really white like, people. The, you know? the really white ones. The, the, really, the really white the ones. The alabaster, I remember, I remember, you know, the, the clear ones. I can't stand I remember them. I got in a fight with my ex-boyfriend. He was um, very Midwest, like white, white. He, you, came, he came from Wakanda, Illinois. That's your boyfriend? My ex-boyfriend. Well, you really went, you really went for oh, it, Oh, I did. I, I told, I that told my dad. That sounds like rebellious shit right oh, there. Oh, I tell but. my dad he's ruined Latin men for me. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Talking about my other psychological issues that I have over here. But, um, no, I, like, I... If I met the right one, then maybe, but I don't really have an attraction to Latin men because I think uh, oh, my dad. You don't have no. an attraction. No. So so you had this Midwest guy, and he's mm-hmm. not your only one that no. was like like a, like a white. Is that you normally? Yeah. What about black? You go for any, any, I go black, have you dated yeah. black guys? I haven't, no. Oh, you haven't yet? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, your dad travels with uh, a number of. Uh, isn't, oh, yeah. Isn't, it's, I think yeah, it's all like, black guys. Yeah, no, right? like D.L. Hughley, yeah. Cedric the Entertainer, right. Eddie Griffin. And, um, and do you Charlie go back? Murphy, st- do you go backstage for all of that? I did. Yeah, I did. I I saw them in a couple of. How about those meets. guys? They have kids. Oh, they're great guys. Did yeah. you hang out with those kids? Um, I've hung out with a couple of the kids, and you know, it's so interesting talking about you know being a stand-up and being a child of a stand-up yeah. comedian. I actually met. DL's daughter, mm-hmm. um, she was she was a DJ and she was like DJing before you know we all like help each other out with yeah. favors like she was DJing um, before my dad's Netflix special and she came up to me and she was you know it's like oh very nice to meet you oh look our dads work together mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> but she came up to me and she said you're so lucky your dad's famous enough for to do things for you and I was like oh. I thought that was I, it was it took me aback. I was a little ajar when her she dad's said, not. I mean, that's what I was saying, and she was what? she was like, "Oh, but famous enough what to do things for me." Deals. And you know, I he had his own sitcom too. He did. I was on that show. I played a racist. That's all I can get these days. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's you know, even when I went to college, people were like, "Oh, you're George Lopez's daughter." You know, you're going to make well, it no college. matter what. I went to Columbia College, Chicago. I studied comedy writing and performance. Really? And you went, oh, you want, see, that's the other thing growing up in Southern California. Mm-hmm. You had to go for, you wanted to go get some wintertime. Yeah, didn't I wanted you? to get away. Yeah, I, my son did too. He went to Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and loves it. Yes. Did you find the people that you oh, liked loved, them better? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, people were so nice. The, but there's, and, there's a quality of life there that's very different. And, you know, I like. I'm starting not to like it here, by the way. How I, about you? I, there's going to be, I think there's going to be a max. Exit. You should move your sitcom to Chicago. <laughs> I, I would love that. I really, I have. Some George of my would best never have that though, because, no, 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 because no. his Lakers aren't there. Exactly. But uh, there's something about it. I'm so happy that I come from back there. Mm-hmm. It's there's a um, there's just an integrity. I was just back. I'm still friends with like my accountant is from kindergarten. Oh really? Yeah, my my best friend is from 11 years old. Oh wow! This yeah. new show that I'm doing, you know, I produce a show. It's on Amazon Prime. Third oh, wow. grade, a yes. guy I copied off of because he was really smart. Yeah, and you bring those people with these, you. These are my you know? friends for yeah, life. Absolutely. You know, out here in California, and show business is very transactional. It's like you need to know someone. So that's your friend. And that's what... And then then it's temporary. They're not your friend for life because you don't need them anymore. It happens so often in this town. And, you know, it's... But one thing is, at least in the industry and, like, the way that I've seen it, is that if you... We all got that favor. People going up have gotten a favor from someone. And I think it's very... It's a pass it along. So, you know, if you see a young and upcoming person, like you know, professional, young professional, and you see promise or you see something in them, you know, you have, you give that same grace that was given to you and, you know, you give them an opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, I, sure, I get doors opened, 
but I still have to walk through those doors and sell myself and have the goods and have you, my training. You have to do, have the goods. And, and it's good you went away to college and studied yes. comedy writing. Because there's nothing. Doing it away you was very helpful for me. Always benefit from comedy writing. Absolutely. I, I teach this too is like, you know, to get ahead in life, to make people laugh, is it's so, it, it, it's to be honored, actually. It it's something that's really. It's very, very unique to have that talent. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you have that, you know, obviously it's a little bit innate. It's born in you. But you also developed it. You didn't yes. just stop with stop with that. I have a saying that hard work trumps talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. And I keep that with me because there are people who, you know, may not be the most naturally gifted, but they work at it. And they yeah. work at it, work at it. And, you know, they'll do better and book more auditions because they hone their skills rather mm. than the person that can be go in there and be like, oh, I can, you know, work on this and ad lib and I know I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, those people they'll, don't they'll take me for my get looks it because, or, you know, like, you want to be able to perform on the day and like how you're going to have you Have you ever done any acting? Did you, were you in your dad's sitcom? Um, I was like a little guest. Um, <laughs> I had some like guest spots. Um <laughs> I was a little did you kid. have to make you audition that bastard? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and then I was. Um, I got my kids I parts in and things. I, 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 I get a kick out. I had of a it. small part in a movie on Netflix yeah? um, called Handsome, uh -huh. a murder mystery movie uh, directed by Jeff Garland. Really? And, yes. Oh, so he just called you because he knew you. Um, uh, they were the casting director was looking for um, young comedian. Like his wife talent. was a casting director. Wasn't yes, her, Marla. Was yeah. Oh, Marla's the one who cast you. No, but, um, the, the casting director, Allison Jones. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And, um, she cast the office. Parks sure. And Recreation. Um, I was on, I was on you, Parks and Recreation. Yes, you were. Yes, I was. I played the head of the head of the Liberty or Die party. <laughs> you <laughs> so, had the recall, recall. Uh, nope. Look at you. You remember that. Yeah. that oh, huh? yeah, I do. Wow. Ice town and all of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd love, I loved working on that show. That, that was fun. I wish I did more sitcoms though. I really do. They're, 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 um, I hope that you do this. They're, um, like Amy Poehler. It's a community. It it's is. literally like a community and it's a family. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're going to do that, the same sort of thing. Absolutely. I definitely, with this opportunity that I have going mainstream, there's a, a lot of young creatives that, you know, I collaborate with um, through TikTok and they, you know, through social media, it's such a huge part now. And, you know, I want to bring people up with me with this opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I see that as you know, helping everyone out, everyone wins, you know, yeah. I feel like in life, as I've gotten older, people think that you have to, there has to be a winner or a loser, but really in life, both people can win. Mm. Everyone can win. I agree with you. I've never been into the competition thing. No, I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, if no, somebody has a job that was meant, meant to be their job. Mm -hmm. I used to a long time ago, I used to, I did this whole bitter thing about, you know, you would name someone, I'd tell you who they're related to. Yes. And and then someone just stopped me once. And I said, what, what good is this doing you? And I I literally stopped on a dime. I don't need to do that anymore. I make fun of the Baldwin brothers or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I remember I remember I lost a part to a Baldwin brother. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was Zeppo. Anyway, so I was like, and I was, and it was so like bitter, so I like doubled down on it. That's what comedians do sometimes. We want to detach from our emotions we really don't want to well, depending ad address which, which Baldwin you can feel bad or not that bad. So, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was one that There's I should Alex feel bad. There's Alex Steven and then the third one. Like, that's, that was five, I think. There's five of them. Jeez. I think so. Yeah, you're too yeah, young to remember really the, the one that used the one that had a bigger career than he's the one you don't know anymore. Oh, there we go. Billy Baldwin. Oh yeah, Billy. Oh, you do know who he is. Yeah, and that, see now I do when you bring it up. He was the know. handsome. He was the, the the handsome one. But anyway. I, I would have this feeling like, oh, they have that because they have that opportunity. And quite frankly, even if you're not related to someone, if you're brought up in Los Angeles, you have a go. You're already ahead of the game because you can go to an audition after school. You go, yes. like, I can't, you know, I, if we grew up in Philadelphia, I grew up in Philadelphia, you can't, like, fly to L.A. And, and see, get back for why, your school. That's partly why I left um, Los Angeles to go to college because I was like, I could always go back there. You know, people, sure. you know, some people were from little small towns, and Chicago was a big city for them. Chicago was oh, a big yeah. city, but it was just another city. You know, yeah, me. it wasn't any. A lot I, of great actors come out of there. Yes, absolutely. They have a big theater, the big yeah, theater big program. Theater program, the Goodman Theater, Seven Wolf. Yeah, know, and, and them. Jeremy Piven's parents, I think, had a theater there. Mm -hmm. And then I studied at the Second City. Oh, um, which people aren't oh. familiar. It's a it's a very not familiar. <laughs> not familiar if you're not, but you know, it's where. 
it's a huge sketch well, comedy. Dan Aykroyd, Dan John Dan Candy, Aykroyd, Chris Bill Murray, Farley, yeah, the Farleys, yeah, the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Oh my god! You know, Steve Carell, all all of the greats, Key and Peele, all of them come out from. I was from I was so like um, amazed when I went to Parks and Recreation, and I was um, Kirk Fox. I don't know if you know him. He's a mm-hmm. comedian. He's on the show, and he ad libbed the same scene five different ways. I'm going, what are you doing? He goes. That's the way they do it around yeah. here. I was so I was word for word. Yeah. I didn't want to change the word. But that's the community yes. that's built in these improv, you know, Upright Citizens Brigade mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously um, Second City, the Groundlings. Yeah. And this is the way they're raised. And they everyone you see them all in the same sitcoms. Yes. I have a friend, Tim Bagley. He's been in so many sitcoms. Oh, because God, yeah, Tim. I know Tim very well. You do? Yeah. It's my old neighbor. Oh, really? I love Tim. Yeah, no, Tim's like but Tim no one, works. No one listening to this everywhere. knows who he is. Exactly. But if you look him up, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. But every it's because show. Because yes. they work As so well with and, improvisation. You know, improvisation. And, yeah. you know, some of the funniest scenes that you see on television are ones that were made up. They weren't even in the script. Yeah. And, you know, once you, you know, as a fan, do more research into those things, you appreciate those shows even more. And you look at those scenes differently and you're like, was that improv? Was that this? And they, but it's commitment. Yeah. It's full surrender. Surrender. It's that's a good word. Full, like it's full commitment. And it's you a just great have to word. Surrender hundred percent. Yeah. That's a great word. I'm using that in real life is surrendering my ego mm-hmm. because if your ego tries to please, yes. your ego tries to uh, manipulate mm-hmm. and get them to love you and all that kind of stuff. When you drop that and you're pure and you're into your own energy flow, that's when things are really cranking. You know, quite frankly, Standard uh, uh, comedians, stand-up mm-hmm. comedians, aren't as good on these shows. No, because we're so used to we write it all, we mm-hmm. direct our own thing. It's an individual sport. It's an individual. That's it, it, exactly right. Yeah. So it's hard to go play, you know, football when you've been playing, you know, golf. Mm-hmm. You know, they're two completely different sports, and we have the golf mentality of just do. You know, we're like Tiger yeah. Woods. So we can be really great. But Tiger Woods probably couldn't be on a team. I mean, like, yeah, you know, like it's just like at a golf club. You call you 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 know at a club. You talk with your buddies before, but you know when it's up to you know your turn, you're up there by yourself. It's just you and the mic and the audience. And yeah, so you know you can have camaraderie. There's camaraderie around comedians and yeah, but you know it's individual. So now you have this new sitcom. I do. Are you excited about this? I am. Like through so the roof. I'm so be- wonderfully excited. Yeah. I call it beautifully overwhelming. Um, yeah. All of it just... It just so happened, right? It, ju- it just did. I yeah, saw the couple, announcement. Yeah, on, on announcement. Um, so what it's going to be, it's called Lopez versus Lopez. Yeah. So it's going to be, um, a you know, a sitcom, family sitcom with my dad and I, um, really kind of focusing on really the father-daughter relationship, but even any relationship in general where, you know, you weren't always... As close. When you guys weren't speaking, mm-hmm. were there like a fight that led to that? Or was it just like, I mean, I'm going was, right to silent was, treatment? It was really when my parents got divorced about almost, it's about 10 years ago. Did you side take with your mom? I did because I felt like yeah. one, I've had to be put in the middle and getting chosen and being, it, that's, it also felt very lonely being an only child, the only one really going through this. And, and you're female. But I also, so with my father... Mom, yeah. He was unfaithful to my mother for, you know, a number of years and um, with prostitutes. And it was, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you could look it up. It's like, you know, it happens 10 years ago. I'm so happy it didn't happen now because it would be a little bit different. It was before where everything was bad. We had, you know, things fall out. But, you know, I also felt hurt and betrayed. Sure. And And you're female, too. And I was female. And it was well. And, you know, I had my own problems that kind of stemmed. Sure. From that as well. Um, and, but with him, it just like my life changed in a day. Like I had really, I was very sheltered growing up. I had really no idea what was going on. So one day just the rug got pulled out from under me. So you weren't seeing fighting and you weren't like no. over here and then the other room. No. You, you and your horrors went, or whatever it no, was. No, no, no. Oh, so this was all, uh, did you find these things out in the press? Mm-hmm. No. No, well, my mom. <laughs> wow. I remember, very, I'll, I'll never forget that day. I remember my mom, I came home from school and my mom was crying and talking like all day upstairs. And I was like, okay. I felt talking to herself or talking, talking on the phone? I think talking with friends, probably talking with lawyers. Like, sure. I don't know what it was. Right. Um, 
And so I did my homework, you know, kind of made my own schedule. As an only child, you're used to doing those things. Mm -hmm. And then I remember coming back later and going, there was my therapist on one couch and my mom and my dad on another couch and they called me in and they were, they said, you know, this is, there's a article coming out in the National Enquirer. They warned you. They warned me. And, you know, that we're getting a divorce Mm -hmm. and even that news was very shocking. Yeah. And that's me. how you heard it. Mm-hmm. That's how I heard oh, it. And geez. then my dad and then my mom. And then mom you double was, it up with the. And then my mom. So yeah. it, it was already, it was a very unique situation because, you know, divorce is hard enough in a family, but having it be on such a public yeah. stage, I'll never, it's like, it's traumatizing really going to high school. I remember it was trending. Everyone knew about it. And, you know, when I went to high school one day, it was like in the movies where, you know, everyone's eyes are looking on you. And as if 15 is not a, d- yeah. a difficult time yeah, 15, anyway. Yeah, Yeah. It was a very difficult For a girl, age. that's a... And I remember going yeah. in and just everyone staring, talking about oh. me. You know, there were other kids, like, who were divorced parents. Even people I never even knew, they came up to me and offered me some words, mm. which was very encouraging in those... Those oh. those were the light in those dark moments. Mm. Um, but even I had a teacher come up to me asking me if it was true. Really? And actually, we got her fired. Yeah, that's really inappropriate. Because... Oh, good. I mean, and I was just in shock. Not only because I was really... I don't remember a year and a half of my life. Sure. Like, I was... It's all black. Did you get into drugs or anything like that? um, Not at that time, no. More recently, I I had a bit of a drug problem with marijuana and just... um, You say more recently? Yeah, more recently, a couple couple years ago. A couple couple years years ago, ago. yeah. No, it got pretty bad. I thought you meant Um, a couple weeks ago. No, it got pretty bad. Um, You mean uh, pot got bad? mm -hmm. Yeah, because you wanted to medicate. anything more, yeah. Wanted to medicate the feelings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So did you stop? I have. Oh, good, Mm -hmm. good, yeah. Yeah, you don't want that. No. Uh, The one thing I did that was right in my life, if I've done anything, you know, right, is to stop that stuff. Because the self-medicating is just never going to, it just, it, we've all seen where it leads. There is no, there is no end to that. And, you know, with the relationship with my father, it's partly why we're talking about, we're making a show about it. And what's so interesting, we want to make it, you know, a bigger spectrum to parents who. You're, you're going to go deep with like addiction. Be, and, you know, it's going to be real and it's, but it's going to be funny. Not necessarily with addiction. We've had our own addictions. Um, but, you know, just. As you get older, you start to see your parents as people. And yeah. so you, you know, you understand the human condition more as you live life more, you learn more. And so in the show, um, I play like a vet tech that, because mm-hmm. I used to work in pet shops. So it's like pet mm-hmm. stores. And I have a five-year-old son. And, you know, my mother on the show, she's a real estate agent. She sold the family house, got me a little house. And um, so we lived there. And then my dad has a moving company he gets hit hard by covid and he sees this as an opportunity i think the pandemic really brought a lot of people perspective to a lot of people absolutely and so he's like you know i want to be a good father or a better father the father the father that she deserves Mm -hmm. like which is real life which is like very you know life imitating art and so you know he has a scheme and to try to get me to try to get live in my house and you know eventually that's going to be where the show starts is that, you know, we're all navigating, I'm navigating family life, we're navigating our relationship. And, and your cast of characters are people that basically are in your life right mm-hmm. now or, you've, or you know they're, they're... I mean, I'm not a mother. I have like a five-year-old son, but I don't have any children. I've, I've only had one boyfriend. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's been There's a, some stretches. Yeah, yeah, it was some stretches. <laughs> right. Well, but there's always some organic, you know, truth to everything yes. that you do. Stand, people don't understand about comedy. There's, there's, there's got to be. Yeah, some bit of uh, reality to it, and I think it's been experienced. Me- I think the best. I always think of comedy as tragedy and time, right? And there's been enough time, and we've worked through enough mm-hmm. things that we can make light of it. Did and you also, go to therapy together? Oh, we have at one point. Yeah. And have you? Are you going to have that on the show? Like I a think therapist? So. Yeah, definitely. I think, or I'll have to take him to therapy. I'm playing myself, but I'm playing a different version of myself, a less realized version. Of myself, who hasn't maybe forgiven her father for the things that still I that, may have forgiven yeah, before now. Yeah, it's funny. I wrote it. I wrote a sitcom like that. Mm-hmm. I have it. I have it now. Is I have that with my dad. You know, there's just this. Um, there's like these things that you know you, you just you just want to work them out, but 
maybe it might not be in this lifetime or in, yeah. the, in a form that you think it is or we're always in a process. Yes. There's never an end to any of these and things. And just when you're, you know? and even There's when your child, the big hug, you know, yes, and at the end, when, and that's it, you know. And you know, even when your child is grown up, you think, oh well, I already, you know, f them up. I already did all my mistakes. Yeah. It's like you, yes, they are, may have been your mistakes, and they may be our problem. That's why I like to think of it. It's like yeah. they may have been their mistake, maybe my problem, but you know, you can still strengthen that relationship, even if your child is, you know. 35 when they get that they're still your child they're still your baby yeah and you know i want to show that it's never too late to try to make amends and try to make any relationship in your life stronger i totally agree yeah my dad my dad was like really not a good dad i just went yeah. and visited him recently you know with my kids and you know, you know i did and, and my mom is it's completely healed with my mom to the point where oh my god i can't wait to talk to her and hang with mm -hmm. her it's it's a blast i mean that's that is amazing to get to that place well let me ask you something personal being you can be my children and reflect back to me. Yes. I think I made a mistake on this. Okay. I had a really difficult time. This is with two of the children with my ex-wife. I have two children now that are like just aces, like so easy. Mm -hmm. They're just artists and fantastic. And just, just the other two I have a tough time with. And, and I have a hard time. Does your, your, either one of your parents ever do the, well, that you're acting like your father or you're acting like your mother. Yes. Like, like as a weapon. Mm -hmm. And I regret it, and yet I've done it. Yeah, no, my dad's called me my Ann Jr. before if maybe I'm a little too authoritative, <laughs> a little too direct. <laughs> you know, or if I even call him out, like, he'll just be like, okay, Ann, or do this. Or, oh, or, you know, if I'm, you know. I'm laughing because yeah, I do it. it. I can relate to it. I'll get it with it. both. And, yeah. You know, we, I, see, we, see, we see the bad but it's like also you that have to we look divorced, at your, we see it in you, and it's unfortunate, but true. But it's also hello, biologically, yeah, I am half them. Like yeah, I am yeah, half. Yeah. You know, there are. It's like sorry. There's. I feel like there's. There's no real divorce. But when you're hurt children. by that, though, right? My my. I know my oldest son has expressed that he's hurt by it, and I I feel terrible. But it's it's like to not say it though is also not truthful. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. See that how it's kind of like a stuck thing, like. You definitely feel this, and we're very honest people, obviously, and transparent. We express ourselves, and that's what we do for a living. Yes. So how do you hold that back? And yet you do need to, I've been told many times, never say something like that. I mean, you just redirect it as their character. If you have notes on their character, it's not necessarily that maybe they get it from their mother, but it's still their actions. It's still their behavior. So you just go at it from a place of wanting to better that better them and care for them and just bring the parent out of it because really you're talking to them. You're not talking to a part of your spouse, your ex-spouse. You're not talking to your ex-wife. You're, you're talking, talking to, to them. Child. Yeah. But you know, they've been programmed too. And I'm sure your father or mother have, you're, have felt that. Yeah, everyone, It's like you're programmed by the other. But you don't live by that programming. Yeah. You don't well, have to live by that programming. Well, the kids don't have to, but if you see it and recognize it, it's like, it's a little disturbing. You're going, like, there's part of me also wants to say, hey, you better recognize that in yourself because you're not going to go anywhere with that behavior if that continues, yes. no matter where helpful. you got it from. Those are helpful notes, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, you it's know, tough. It's, tough you're, it's part of your environment and, you know, your, your programming of how you were, you were raised, it was there to protect you and it, mm -hmm. did, and it did its job. And your programming may come up in certain situations where you feel triggered by something or, you know, you acted like that because your parents acted like that. You saw what worked. I mean, parents, you see situations, that's how you you think like situations are going to go yeah. out. And then as your worldscape gets bigger, you realize that may not be what, the right way. There's what doesn't and, work and what does work. But, you know, you, know, kind you of don't to feel blame them for, yeah. or you don't, for their programming. You, you understand, you can understand where yeah. it comes from. Empathy. For, empathy. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. A lot of stand-ups or actors don't have the empathy no. gene because they're, they're dark. They're We're all dark and twisted. Narcissistic and mm -hmm. things like that. And that's unfortunate, you know, but I, I really try to back up from that. I go, okay, recognize the narcissism and, I think and try to my... try to really like resolve some of these things. That's why I'm asking these questions too, because I don't want to be some arrogant dad that says this is the way it's going to be. I really want to, know them better, do better. Uh, there's another question I have for you is expressing our vulnerability. I have found that that is not necessarily uh, something that has led to, at least for the time being, has not led to something good, like expressing my uh, even tears or right. sorrow over something. 
It's like kids don't want to hear that. I think. I, I think. Now I I'm think asking you because you're because one of them. Vulnerability. You don't have to cry to be vulnerable. And right. You don't have to. I think vulnerability. It looks a certain way in television and media of how it's you're supposed to be vulnerable. Um, you were you're supposed to pour your heart out and you're supposed to say everything and you know that shows vulnerability. I think vulnerability can be in big ways and it can also be in small ways. I think you don't necessarily have to cry, but when you can tell when someone's being vulnerable because they're being authentic, they're being a hundred percent authentic within themselves. Right. Well, let's say I was okay. Let's mm -hmm. say I have, I have been, and I've expressed like, you know, I'm not kidding you. My ex-wife really did torture us like really bad, like false allegations and just, revenge on me, revenge on me, and I had to go to courts and everything else, defend, defend myself. Right. I really got exhausted from defending myself, and that got to the point where I broke down a few times. Right. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, I can't take this anymore. And But what I found is, now tell me if this is correct, I think these kids, they wanted someone strong, not someone who which I was. Boy, I went through a lot. I stayed there. I kept the 50-50 custody. I State little league coach, and I, I'm so supportive, homework, and everything I could do to be a great dad. Not a good dad, a great dad. But there is a point where I got to, like, I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think it really, like, affected them to see this guy break down like that. Is that, do you think that's true? Like, if your dad broke down, or maybe he has, he has. like, you know, you know, and like, really, like, like, sorry, I'm not that strong guy. I think it just you know? showed that. You're also a dad, but you're also a human. Yeah, that's you're what that's man. the part I'm you're, asking you're you. A human. But that so is that the mature you version? With, yes. That's the mature you that has been through the process, but the old you would have said, you know, go away. You know, right? I think it's like un, I it's want nothing to do with this guy. You haven't seen that part of yeah. your parent, and so it can you know kind of disrupt the piece of things that you have or in your mind. Mm -hmm. um, but really, you it just breaks down that yes, the father is a role. But you are still a human. We all are. But human. you can't do that when you're 17. And is that the year like you didn't talk to him? And there's like yeah, 17. Yeah, I was about 17. Yeah, yeah. So you can't think like that. No, you can't think the, like, oh, he's hurt, human. You're, you're just going, I'm his daughter. He should be a certain way. The hurt and the pain was driving me. Right. At those points. Yes. I couldn't understand. I found out a whole different, darker side of my father. But I understood where it came from that, you know, he has trouble with relationships in general because, you know, his mother left when he was 10 years old and his father left when he was three months old and he mm -hmm. was raised by my grandparents, sure. by his great grand, his grandparents, my great grandparents. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't really consider him a person really. They kind of didn't care what he liked, you know, right. um, for, for food. It but was when just, you're a kid though, you can't process no. that because you're not thinking, you're not like 17 years ago, oh, but he had this happen to him and that happened to him, so that's the reason he's doing that. You're just thinking, hey, I just want a good dad. You know, I just want to, mm -hmm. you know, why can't he, he do this? You did provide. You did right. provide. And yeah. I think it's the little thing. It's the effort. But they can't think like that. My, my, my two sons, I'm having a little difficulty with them lately. And, you know, like kind of like gravitating towards the mom energy that I just resisted for all those years and I stood firm and – and and yet, uh, you know, it's almost like that's the easy way. The, the mom's always the easy way, right? Yeah, you always go back. You know, the nurture. She's the natural nurturer, right? You know, right. And also going to give you what you want. Isn't there that Depending. element as well? Depending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, in your situation, yes. Much more so than you know. I'm going to yeah. challenge them. I'm going to ask them to work. I'm going to mm -hmm. ask them to you know. And then they're going, no, I don't. I want to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want something easy. I want to get my own way. Because there's that instinct as well when you're a kid. I think it's having maybe, just from hearing what you said, maybe just a balance of both. I mean, you can be, you know, the father that, you know, is looking out for them and their well-being and where, you know, their futures and you should work or what are you doing or what are your next steps? Like, don't sit down for too long. Like, keep moving, you know, mm -hmm. all those things. Um, but also if they need someone that's a little lighter, and you see that you see the need. I, you're very, I know all comedians, but you're a perceptive man. Like you can feel yeah. your energy. You know your children, right? And you know just like ex, like overextend. Sure. It may feel like overextending to you, 
but maybe something that, you know, in the moment that do you, they do you, need. Do you, um, do you teach your dad how to be younger? Like, do you teach him any technology or TikTok? Or? You know, I got him on TikTok, and then now he's <laughs> I'm a mess. he has like 2.3 million. And oh, I was like, I, the empire, I laid down the, <laughs> the bricks of the empire. Um, no, so yeah, I've, I've helped him a little bit. Um, He's actually pretty. He's pretty like well versed in it. He gets it. Oh, good for him. And um, maybe I'll have him teach me. I'm terrible. Yeah, you know because we're storytellers. That's a very difficult thing to adapt to. Is but it's so the, interesting now. It's like you with social media. It's like you know even this podcast. It's we're having it audio, but you know we have video. Yeah. as well is yeah. that it, there's a tr- natural transition to more video based media either through tiktok or even instagram is introducing reels that are you know and those bring people to your page and so it's really getting away from photos and more video which which is yeah. i feel like is a good opportunity i was for told stand up stand up comedy yeah but i was told like i had something a minute and 30 seconds i said nah it's not gonna no, work it's three minutes it could be up to no three i'm minutes. talking about tiktok they yeah. said minute 30 out oh now tiktok's up to three minutes you can make three no but videos. i'm saying they said that, that you've lost my attention oh. i said what are you talking about I mean, like the great uh, Dickens, it was the best of times. That's it. You know, hashtag, you know, you get some people who, yeah, like, but there's also a scrolling if people want to scroll and, you know, it's, it's very hard. That is the biggest, I I cannot really adapt to that because of it's really ingrained to storytell and I Mm -hmm. love storytelling. I do it really well. So to take that and just, it's like being a marathoner and something that you're a sprinter now. Mm Mm-hmm. You can be a really great marathoner, but you just can be an okay sprinter because you haven't worked out of your whole life. So it's it's very difficult. But I can't get my kids to help me. <laughs> Maybe you'll I, help. I me. can help you. Maybe George Lopez's daughter will help yes. me. Yes. And Ann Lopez's daughter will come up and help. So what's what's Ann? I was so great to see your mom. I hadn't seen her in years at the comedy shows. What's she doing these days? You know, Ann. She's semi-retired. She works on. Um, some projects that they come up and they really interest her. She did. Um, there was a a Chicano artist. Her name was Carlos Amaraz. Yeah. Um, she um, executive produced a documentary for him that went on Netflix. Wow. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, he was he really was one of the forefathers of Latin art, um, and you know it's very beautiful. He has like all these videos of him and. Um, it's very sad he died from um, AIDS really before he mm-hmm. hit. Um, Your mom did a documentary? She executive like produced it? Yeah, she executive Good produced it. And it went through a lot of festivals. and it's awesome. It did, it did great. And so, you know, she's she she works from time to time, but really she's enjoying, you know, retire, her She's worked incredibly hard. Her, incredibly her whole hard. life, yeah. yeah. I want to do that retirement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the it's the money for me. I gotta yeah, make she's, money. She's invested it all very well. Oh, and, good for her. So she you taught know. you that as well. Mm-hmm. So you're like I all still... mature and shit, aren't you? This is not good. This is <laughs> you, you need to be more rebellious. And I've an had idiot. a lot of therapy, Craig. I've had a lot of. <laughs> you gotta therapy. be more of an idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll lean more into being a moron on the sitcom because yes, it's funnier. Absolutely, it's sure. not funny if you have it together. No, you can't have this. And I need fun. I need more fun in my life. What is general. making you laugh? What do you watch that makes you laugh? What do you listen to that makes you laugh? I listen. Um, I watch a lot of TikTok. Um, TikTok, yeah. TikTok, yeah. Um, but you know, I listen. There's a lot of like YouTube channels that I listen to, or you know, I love Whitney Cummings. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough. She's to know open her. for me. Really? Yeah. She toured, toured, and sold my stuff. You know, Isn't that I, crazy? I find she's, her she's just huge now. She's one of the biggest inspirations. And Annie for me. used to open for me as well, Annie Letterman. Oh yes, who's on her show a lot, right? Yeah, she is. She's yeah. making like appearances and. I have them both on my show. Maybe they'll come on my show. Exactly. They remember me. <laughs> Your dad's also had people that he's developed and stuff, you know, through the years, right? Mm-hmm. Like opening acts and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, opening acts. That's and- that, that's something I really get into is like helping others, you know. And then you're going to be the same way. Yes. And you remember. Am I your first podcast? You are technically, yeah. Oh my god! Ahead of your your dad has a podcast. I know my dad has the oh my god high yeah and podcast you, and he can't have you on there. And I've tried, and I was like, dad, I've tried. I was like, you know, dad, we're gonna be like in a show together. We should really start be seen together. Yeah, you need some more. chemistry together. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Well, maybe after this, maybe he'll, maybe this was the, maybe he'll watch this. I have my own, I've, I've been, you know, have my own things that I've always done and I'm really excited for this opportunity and also getting people to know who I am and getting to like me. And this is, I told you my idea that you should do a podcast with the kids of comedians. You know, I want to write a book that I do want to write a book about interviewing children of standups and you know how it's, affected them yeah and, you know if you know, some become teach, comics i think yeah, dana carvey's become, kids right? yes you know some of them obviously weigh-ins there's nineteen thousand of them but. you know what's so funny is that people always ask me you know what stand-up do you watch or and i was like i don't really watch stand-up like i've you know seen a lot of stand-up like this from my dad but you know i'm so critical because i know what good stand-up wow. like looks like and um so I'm like the worst person sometimes to watch a show with. You're coming to my show. Yes, I have. Watched, I watched your set and I laughed the whole time. So I am, that was like I'm okay. different than the I other. I met ones. my match. Okay. I met a match. I'm gonna November nineteenth. I'm gonna get you tickets to the Canyon Club. Oh, wonderful! You and your mom come out. Yes. Because I am a storyteller, not like the stand-ups now, and I don't talk about. Uh, I don't do any politics. Everything's a personal well, experience. All of it is politics and dick jokes, and I, I can't anymore. Yeah, well, dick jokes I do. Dick jokes, yeah. No. A, good, a no, good one, though. My, my dick jokes are making fun of dick jokes. There we go. So it's like a it's like one on top of the other. That's mm-hmm. how it works. The love master, you'll see him. I'll introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a little creepy if I do it now <laughs> in this small room with my friend's daughter. Yeah, we're, we're, we're six feet apart, COVID <laughs> rules, you know. That's just a tip, baby, for Hello. the love master. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I want you to do that in the audience. Hello. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> that's always the. That's always what you want. So anyway, what a pleasure. Um, I hope you guys had a good time. Yes. This is a really different show today, having my. Uh, by the way, I love your name. Thank you. It's named after the Mayans, obviously. Yes, the Mayan Indians. And then um, it's also Mayan. It means um, eternal spring in Hebrew. It's, it's Israeli. Look at you. Okay, all different. Layers, darling, layers. Mine mine means rock. Craig is a rock. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I feel like a rock sometimes. Um, But anyway, hey, I hope you all had a great time on our our podcast today. thank you so much. It's enlightened up, and make sure you all pass the word, and also pass the word, Lopez versus Lopez, coming up on NBC. You're the first to hear about this. Yes. This the whole good. inside poop on it. And you'll spread the word about that. I'm, it's going to be a great show. Anything that George does is wonderful. And, and obviously, you're just an awesome little spirit that you have. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was much. so great to meet you a few weeks ago. Just, yeah. You just have this light about you. And that's why you're on Enlightened Up. That's our show, folks. Uh, pass the word around. Give us good rating, uh, the full rating. If you're thinking about... If you're thinking about giving us a bad rating, just give it, give it just to George click, Lopez. Just click all five. Go, do, do it to George Lopez, not me. He, <laughs> he could care less if you give him a bad rating. Okay. I need your good ratings. I need you to pass the word around. And uh, so, yeah, official Craig Shoemaker. That's my Instagram and yours is? I am Mayan Lopez on all platforms. Wow. Look at that. You got your own name? Yes, Damn I it. do. That, now See? I'm pissed. Now See, I'm pissed. no keychains, but I can get my handle. <laughs> so... You're so entitled. (laughs) Anyway, hope you all had a good time today. Uh, It is Craig Shoemaker. And just remember, folks, enlighten the fuck up, will you?